0: Hello, Remote Start Nation, and welcome to Remote Start, the podcast for the individual who wants to start a business, build a lifestyle brand, and do it all while living the lifestyle they desire. Our goal is to help you take that idea, skill, or passion and turn it into a profitable, scalable business that thrives within your community. I'm Jim Doyon, your host, and I am on a mission along with special guests to help you understand yourself, the lifestyle you truly want from your business, and what it takes to start, and scale it through systems and creating a sought-after brand. Regardless of the industry or where your small business is at in its growth stage, Remote Start is packed with lessons, stories, and the do's and don'ts of how to get where you want. So my simple question to you, what are you ready to start? If it's in business, branding, or lifestyle, then start it now and join the Remote Start Nation. Without further ado, let's get this show started. What is up, Remote Star Nation? My name is Jim Doyon, your host, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Remote Start. Today, we have a very special episode as I bring on entrepreneur and good friend of mine, Jamie LeGro. Jamie has built an organic beer company based out of Chicago with his brothers, and they're doing incredibly well and have a great future ahead of them planned. So today, I want to really bring on Jamie to talk about what it's like building a brand and living your desired lifestyle. I want to talk about how LeGros started, how Jamie and his brothers came to be partners and what that's like being in business with your family. I want to talk about the importance of organic, and that's something that I think as consumers we don't think about often is organic, 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 and, and the difference in quality and what it does for us. So I really want Jamie to talk about that and about how being an entrepreneur and, and you're you know, bringing in good to your body and what that does as, as a result. And then also, I really want to get in deep with Jamie about the future of LeGrow Organic and really talk about what they're going through right now with their company and a big branding change and and what that could do for their brand. So without further ado, I'd really like to introduce to you Jamie LeGrow. Jamie, what's up, brother? What's up, Jim?
1: Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. I'm super excited.
0: Thank you. And I know we've been talking about this for a while and you are uh, you are down in Florida right now, as am I. We're uh, both battling some so a heat wave, but I'm not going to complain. It's been it's beautiful out here. Yeah, no, it is beautiful. I mean, it's uh,
1: a lot nicer than it is up in the Midwest right now. But uh, I'm enjoying the weather, even though it's hot.
0: Yes, very true. Very very true. So, Jamie, I want to start off. I want you to you know, remote start is about building a business, building a brand. And, and living your desired lifestyle. So I want to start off by asking, how did you start LeGro? And and not only how did you start LeGro, but, you know, what did you do before?
1: Okay, that's a, that's a good question. So um, my brothers and I have been in business for a long time together. So I'll, I'll kind of start at the beginning here. So the first business, of course, was the you know, candy stand outside of my parents' house in Canton, Michigan. I mean, that was the first one that we did together where, you know, my mom fronted the money and then uh, we never paid her back. Um, And then uh, she, you know, we would go, we would, you know, count the money at the end of the day and be like, oh, sweet. And she'd be, she'd be like, well, did you cover your expenses? So she kind of, she kind of was an integral part in getting our mindset, you know, for our our future. Um, So then in college... Um, I actually started a valet company, um, at Michigan State University, uh, the Evergreen Grill, which is no longer there, I uh, had a, uh, need for a valet service because they didn't have very much parking. So I started that, that was really simple, low startup costs, all cash. Um, you know, it was just something that, uh, was simple to start up, uh, but not many people did. And then I parlayed that into actually, um, a, uh, uh, self-study for one of my professors and, you know, presented my, my business um, in, in business school. And um, then beyond that, uh, once I graduated from um, college, that's when I went to the finance side of, of things. So um, right after leaving college, I went uh, to Chicago and then I started in In the uh, finance business now, I I didn't start my own business right away. I kind of learned the ropes from um, being on the, so I was down on the CBOE, which is where they trade options. Um, So really heavy corporate side uh, trading, you know, finance and and numbers. Um, So I was there for probably about three or four years. And then, um, uh, which actually I got to give a shout out to my brother, Sam, who got me the job uh, on the floor of the CDO exchange And then um, we ended up working at the same company. And then um, I left the company and uh, he sh- very shortly after that left the company. And we went to a uh, different uh, uh, company based on, uh, so the company was really um, heavy into software. Um, so it was going from the floor up to, you know, trading from screens. Um, Upstairs at desks, so I ended up leaving and doing that, and it was uh, government treasuries is what I was trading, and then um, we were pretty successful. And what we ended up doing was starting our own financial firm called Banyan Financial way back in the day. This is back in uh, you know two thousand six, two thousand seven, and that business um, for my brothers and I uh, lasted about five years um, from 2007 till 2012. And uh, it was successful. We decided to end up getting out um, while, uh, you know, the getting was good. And when we ended up getting out, uh, we, we really put our heads together and said, okay, what do we really want? You know? So we were, we were based in the finance world. And to be honest, um, I'm not, uh, I mean, for ourselves it wasn't very fulfilling because at the end of the day we we're just looking at numbers uh on a screen and uh there is missing something so you could be successful in that industry um which we were but it, it wasn't fulfilling and so between uh me and my two brothers we really put our heads together and said what are we passionate about so that'll lead into um legros organic and um, between 2012 and 2015, when we launched launched LeGros Organic uh, beer company, um, we were we were brewing and kind of putting our heads together on what we wanted to do. So home brewing. Um, and Sam is a big component, which is my brother. So I have two brothers, Sam and Jack. And Sam's a big component of transparency, especially when it comes to um, what we're putting in our bodies. So um, all this kind of Came to a head um, when we um, started Gros Organic Beer Company in 2015. So um, we did financial numbers prior to to launching um, the organic beer company, and and that's because we needed to make sure that we were going to be successful before we started. So we so put that's together.
0: I want to stop you right yeah. there for a minute because that's yeah. such an important yeah. part when starting your business and, and coming from a financial background, it was probably easier for you than it might be for others in the remote start community. But before you launched into actually business for, and starting LaGro Organic, you ran the numbers, you had what it, you knew what it was going to take to be successful. So go into that a little bit further, what it looked like.
1: Yeah, sure. So um we, Well, we were from the financial industry. I'll say that um, while we knew how to do numbers, we didn't really know the market for for beer. So we had to take our best guess. So we ended up doing a business plan and um, based on both a tap room and distribution. And really what it came down to um, with the numbers and Sam being organically minded um we had to really pick apart that organic market make sure that we were going to be successful so there's no there's nothing out there that just tells you hey here's the numbers for organic beer you know yeah uh, you can go to the usda you can do all your research but at the end of the day we really had to put together ourselves by just finding it um and so that was uh, a big research project for us and so that amount of time it took us almost a year of constant work um to figure out these numbers to make sure that while we have a passion for beer we have a passion for organics you have to make sure that the numbers are going to work out so we did numbers for everything we did numbers for the wine market so we had the wine market versus the organic wine market and then we found you know um Every market that had an organic, you know, like produce is 35%, which is, it's far north of that now. Um, and I say that because it's been increasing since we've done the research and that
0: research was done a long time ago. And that's because people are um, understanding how important it is to put good into your body, right?
1: Yeah, no, that's correct. And and really under, understanding it. So the people that um, are already fully involved in buying organic um, Options uh, usually have have gone through the education process um, so um,
0: that being said, go ahead well as a brand you know you you look at brand identity and and what sets you apart from your competition and and with you three brothers going into business from the sounds of it your your brand identity right off the get was family family owned business, mm-hmm. organic which is going to set you apart and you know, what, what else as far as your brand, like really, what are some of the values that you hit on with your, with your brand and, and your, your business with your family that, um, you know, really sets you apart? Well, I think um, we like to uh, speak to authenticity.
1: Um, so being authentic will win in yet. And we have from the start only brewed organic beer and, Um, we can go into what that means uh, in a little bit, um, but the values, are family, um, their transparency in our ingredients, uh, providing a premium product that tastes awesome. And I think we've really nailed that. Uh, and then, you know, making sure that we're true to who we are and that. I, in, as far as business is concerned, just slapping, um, organic on something, um, you know, that's not really being authentic. And we go through as much as we possibly can to make sure that our end product is pure. And one of the examples I have, how, well, how do you make sure it's pure? Well, we send our, our, every time we get a new supplier, we'll send our end product. So a can out to San Francisco, which is uh, in Resco Labs, they will test our beer for all uh, chemicals. So, specifically, um, what we're worried about is the petroleum based chemicals and pesticides that end up in our beer. Um, and so, making sure that the entire supply chain is correct, the only way to do that is to put everything together, put it in the can, send it out and have it tested. And we do that. So, that's incredible. Yeah yeah so um there's we we make sure that the uh supply chain is pure and we're authentic and then we're definitely um family and um uh, we've been in business for a very long time that that definitely has
0: pros and cons i can tell you uh, so let's let's um, go back on that for a minute so yeah. you you start your first business when you're young and kids together, then you start, you go to Michigan state, you start a Valley parking company, then you, you transition into the financial sector. You start doing business with your brother, Sam. And then at what point, so that's your first business as a family together, other than when you are kids. Right. So yeah. was it a pretty easy, like, Hey, let's go into business together. We know each other. We, we know our, our, you know, strengths and weaknesses? Or did it take a lot of, you know, probably both of you going back and forth and saying, is this, you know, is this going to make sense?
1: Yeah. Uh, So for the finance company, it was a little easier than um, probably most situations. And that's because uh, in that time, um, we kind of hit it correctly as far as, uh, you know, launching what we were doing, so the market was good for us. Um, so when numbers and you start seeing profit right away, so that's why it was probably fairly easy. Yeah, um, um, in the financial in that business, so that was pretty easy. We do know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and. Uh, actually, uh, you said Sam, but also Jack was involved in that business, too. He was. Okay. Uh, so, so all he, three yeah, of you. Moved, yeah. So um, actually, Jack had a screen printing um, company in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and moved out to Chicago uh, to, you know, be with his other two brothers. And so when he moved out there, that's we shortly after that, uh, started that financial uh, company. Um, so all three of us were involved and in, um, we definitely all three have different personalities. And as a
0: whole, um, we're really good. What's your biggest strength that you bring to the table? I would say sales. Sales. And then yeah. so you've got your sales. Who, who is the more operational mind behind the group? Sam is the operational mind. He's the, he's the
1: numbers guy. He's really good at at doing numbers um, and making sure and actually, you know, having really good calls uh, on on uh, where the future is and where we're at. So and and Jack is uh, our brewer. He's very meticulous.
0: And so so do you as as you come across different situations or different things that come up? do you always try to stay in your lane? And, and if it relates to sales, the brothers say, Hey, Jamie, go ahead. Or is it something that you all go at it and you all have your ideas. And then in the end you decide on something, how does that work?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's probably the tough in the, in the um, beer company, I would say that's probably the toughest is staying in your lane. I mean, especially with family. So, so with family, there's lines that can be crossed because you know you're gonna see them at Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter. So you cross those lines because you know you can always come back that can be very dangerous because when you're with when you're uh, just business partners, when you're just business partners, the risk is like you're you you separate well yeah. that's not a risk so it does add a little. Which, I mean, maybe that's, um, maybe that's why it works, um, because and it stays together, uh, the business, because, because there's not separation, and you know, there can't be, you can say some things that you might not want to say, knowing that everything will be hopefully okay, so,
0: so, like, I mean, it's, it's a pro and a con, so. So at holiday dinners, has, has mom and dad ever had to jump in and get involved and say, stop talking shop?
1: <laughs> oh, my, my, mom and dad are very integral into making sure everything runs smoothly. So, there's awesome. no doubt about that. I mean, uh, they they definitely uh,
0: talk about it and referee every once in a while. So, Well, you guys have started a great business and, how long, how long now, how many years has Legro Organic Beer been around?
1: So, um, we launched in 2015, uh, 5435 North Walcott. I mean, that's, um, so we did everything in the, in 2015, we bought a bottling machine, a forehead bottling machine. We bought a labeler, we bought, um, a fermenter, um, we rented the space um, in Chicago, and which already had equipment, in, so, but we needed our own equipment uh, past the brewery system. So really, what ended up happening was a former brewery went out of business. We went in and rented, and then we bought the equipment that we needed to package. So anyways, we did everything. So we did the uh, purchasing of ingredients and then the brewing, and the packaging, which is not fun. That's like a six in the morning till 10 at night type of wow. deal with me, Jack and Sam, you know, really bootstrapping it from the beginning. Um, and then we, once it's in the packaging, then we would go out and sell it. We would deliver it. And then we would be collecting the money as well. So, I mean, from start to finish, we, me, Jack and Sam did everything, you know, for, first two years um so it was that was a very it was hard work i mean everyone it was all hands on deck and i'm not saying it's any easier now now we're just growing so uh everyone's got to step up
0: um what they're what they're doing on a larger scale so so let's talk about that transition for a minute because i think that'll help a lot of the community in the remote start nation of you know you're, you're at at the start and for it sounds like the first two years it was all three of you bootstrapping it and, and being hands on, and I can tell you from my experience it's it's always tough to leave that that being involved and in doing everything in the business to kind of stepping back, letting other people handle some of the things some of the tasks or or projects, and then setting a, a straight focus on your next target so let's talk about that transition a little bit and and what that was like of going from doing everything yourselves to starting to bring in others to help.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're still in that process. So, um, yeah, I mean, so we were really down in the trenches um, doing everything um, from the beginning and that transition, every time you get to your capacity of what you can do, um, somebody else needs to take over that previous, you know, that previous task. Um, So, the first step was okay now we need to increase our margins somehow in order to be here next year which is very important um because we while we were doing everything we had pretty good margins but you could only do so much so that transition was well is this where we wanted to go or is this a bigger a bigger idea and so that decision the next decision was okay let's figure out the next step and so the next step was either building out um building out the the brewery um which was is not still is not our space where we're renting or figuring out somebody who could do it better so that next transition on the brewing side was we can brew small batches in this brewery, or we could have a co-packer, which I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs will come across is is co-packing. So they could do it at a lower cost and they could do it with a better quality control and they could make it taste better and they could have less waste so that next transition for us was really let's do this at volume we can't package all this ourselves through it and do everything um and so it was kind of it, an easy decision because they had an actual lab that they could do quality control with uh, they and for all those reasons we could start focusing on the suppliers of our ingredients um, and really bring recipes um, outside of production. So we could start experimenting with other stuff so we could really um, free our, ourselves up. So, so the next step after that <clears throat> two years was to get help with the brewing process. And then now we're at the, the point of either, <clears throat> which we only went with distribution Um, opening an outside tap room in Chicago, which is looking like that will be a joint venture between us and the only other family um, brewery in Chicago, which is Smiley Brothers. That sounds Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at doing an outside uh, beer garden, really, um, there, and then moving on to the next step with our distribution. So now we can focus on, okay, we want to go national. It's time to start going national, and that what that means is while I'm in sales, I went from beating on the doors um, to hiring salespeople um, to to going into national chains and having uh, sales reps work with the distributors. So you just kind of shift all the way. You shift all the way up to, and then who knows where my next. Uh, what my next role will be which will be you know managing um, sales reps and distributor reps but even further um, going into national or even uh, global
0: uh, managing so. So that's quite the journey let's talk about for a minute the you know the journey of LeGro and you talked about you know your role and some of the different steps but you know, as a brand, you hit on getting into national chains. And mm-hmm. as a brand, you know, I, let's talk about when you when you first started and some of the things that you thought about. And now, like, I know there's there's a rebranding project because I, I might've been involved in that. And uh, some other projects that are on the horizon for you that are, I'm sure you didn't even think about years ago. And now it's like, you're getting into these national chains and and what's next. So let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Yeah, so uh, this industry is very interesting. I mean, it's uh, not like we can just send it across the world right away because uh, it's, a, it's much more difficult than that. Um, so, t- so the first national chain that I went into um, was Whole Foods. And let me tell you, it was probably the most difficult and it took almost over a year. And I never thought it was going to happen, mainly because the the regional buyer said, um, listen, you have one SKU. And we only launched with yeah. idea. You have one SKU. So if you mess up any of these Excel sheets, um, I'm not even going to look at it. It's going to kick back and you're done. <laughs> like, all right. Wow. So I spent no pressure like, there. No pressure yeah, no there. Pressure. So I spent like two days and as not ever trying to get into a national chain before. Um, going through it i 'm like there's no way this is gonna happen without a mistake like there's just you know it's almost impossible so anyways, I put it all together, I sent it in um, and we got a response and so we needed to be set up in so many different ways i won 't go into those details um but they said yes, and it was awesome um so they started out with just opening the Chicago area and said, Go out and you know yeah, you, yes, you can sell into Whole Foods, but you need to go to each store and sell it. it. It's not like you were just like, oh, we're in Whole Foods now, we're national, we're great. Uh, yeah. With alcohol, you can't do that. I mean, if, uh, if you're in a different industry, you can do that. You can be like, all right, here's, you can go all across the entire United States and do a national chain a lot easier than any kind of beer because beer, we have a three tier system. So somebody's got to actually deliver. To yes. the store i can't deliver them um in each state it has a different law, so it's 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 way different but um so now that was whole foods um and then we ended up going you know marching through illinois and then we got michigan distribution um and then with uh one of our friends named rick suarez who's very important to have good connections especially in the beer industry Um, helped us get into Puerto Rico. And so we didn't know what to expect um, with Puerto Rico. Um, We didn't know if it was going to be good or bad. Um, They ordered, I think, maybe one pallet or two pallets, uh, picked it up from our dock, and it got to the island. And two weeks later, they ordered, uh, I believe, 14 pallets. And me and my brothers looked at each other and looked what (laughs) we had no expectations um just because we didn't know we didn't know the market um and i think that uh part of the success there is that uh they do have they're very they have very similar values to what the grow beer company does as puerto rico as the island so i mean um so that was an interesting uh, interesting win an unexpected yeah. win that, that is going well to this day um, and then uh, we have our distribution in Michigan
0: Illinois so, so so you start with whole foods and Puerto Rico comes along still going strong then what
1: so um, now so like I said we're Michigan, Illinois and Puerto Rico uh, and then in uh, a couple weeks here we're launching into the meyer chain with our ipa and our citra blog Um, and the way it works there is that you are similar to this you're on a zoom call and um, you present your sales deck to the uh to the buyer and then they send an email three months later saying yes or no um and Meyer did send us an email that said yes uh, from our presentation here. So now where are we, where are we going now? Um, so we've got approval um, for Whole Foods all the way down to the Southeast, but now it's a chess match for, because, well, they said, yes, you can go Southeast and Northeast. We still need to find the distribution partners in order to, you know, start really moving forward on national. And in order to do that, we need to lock in um, some more retail chains besides Whole Foods, which they're a great partner. Um, but they want to see, you know, um, some, some bigger ones, uh, or not bigger ones, I, I would say, uh, like uh, grocery chains, like Publix. Like Publix comes on board. Um, they, they just want enough uh, to deliver in each state where it makes sense, for you, which I get it. And, um, and it's hard for us, but we just need to get a couple more yeses from uh, retail chains, which, which is what I am working on.
0: So I was going to ask, so with you in the sales role, is that is that your primary focus at this point? Um, for me right now, yes. And it's just one of those chess
1: pieces to be able to get a distributor to say yes, because you, you need them as well. So... Um, with the current laws laws in place in each state state, we need to lock in uh, some bigger retail chains so that the distributors
0: will say yes. So. so there you go, Remote Star Nation. If you're listening and you have an in with distribution, there we go, Jamie Legro, hit him up. So Jamie, yeah. that's uh, and and you also, I, I kind of hit it on it a little bit, but. You you've been working on a project to to do a complete rebrand. And I've had the honor and privilege of our team working on that. And it's I'm so excited to reveal that here in the near future. And it just goes with that next stage of growth for your company. And um, so yeah, I'm I'm very happy for you and and all the success that you and your brothers have had. And I cannot wait to see what the future holds. Um, I want to hit on one more thing before we get off. I want to go back, we started to talk about organic and the importance of organic and really what step sets you apart so much from your competition. And, you know, not only do you have the beer now and a lot of different skews and different flavors of beer, but you've also jumped into the, um, seltzer market. And, you know, I, I've had the, the privilege of tasting the seltzers myself. It's delicious. And to know that it's, as I'm drinking this, it's, it's, actually something that's healthy that I'm putting into my body. Well, you got alcohol in it, right? Which is the exciting part, but it's also, I'm not worried about putting negative things in my body that I might not know about. Um, you know, let, let's talk about organic a little bit more and, and just what, you know, there's so many health conscious consumers out there and, you know, I want to hear about why why it's so important to drink, you know, your, your beer and seltzer versus, you know, maybe something else that might be out there.
1: Well, um, so I kind of, I'll go back as well. So um, when we were doing this and looking for something to be fulfilling and we wanted to go into beer specifically because it's a passion, um, one of the things that we discovered um, is how much it means to the environment, for one, uh, to uh, brew organic beer. So while it might be five acres of pr- uh, production for um, the hops that we use over year, we're talking football fields and football fields um, that we buy from the farmer right now um, where that groundwater is protected. And it's because we're buying what they're selling, us, right? So they're going to continue to plant more and more organic fields of grain, which is huge. Um, that was like, I mean, that wasn't our first thought. Our first thought was what's going in our body is very important. Um, and the, the unintended knowledge that we ended up figuring out is how much groundwater we're actually saving from pollution. And so even if you're not drinking organic, you're, you're benefiting from um, companies like us doing it. and that's, that's saving the whole field of um, being just doused with terrible chemicals. Um, so now, what does it mean? Um, so that's one, environmental is good, and it's good for everybody. Um, on the other side, um, where what we were originally um, doing it for is transparency in what's going on in our body. And I'll call for one, you don't have to put the ingredients on as of now, and that is 2022. You don't have to list the ingredients that you you put in here. We do. And we do that um, for transparency reasons. But what's crazy to me is that people that have vices don't necessarily want to be poisoned. Now, alcohol for sure is not great for you in big quantities, but alcohol plus chemicals is really bad for you. So even though you like to sit back and, or kick back and have a beer, um, doesn't mean that you want to be, you know, poisoned with other other chemicals. And, it's, and I'm, I'm not saying that they're all like that. I'm just saying I know ours is pure. And Definitely. that's what matters to me. Um, and when we were doing our uh, research on this, uh, what was very interesting to look at is vices. Um, so, uh, for instance, um, American Spirit, which I'm not condoning smoking by any means, but one of their biggest year over year um, increases as far as uh, percentage wise of sales was there was there organic tobacco? Tobacco. So now I'm looking at these numbers and they're like you know 30 percent year over year. Like everyone's starting to see. Oh wait a second! Just because I like to um, or I have a vice doesn't mean I want poison. You know. So from the tobacco side, it was just tobacco and water. That's what their ingredients are. Ours is just grain, hops, and yeast. Um, So um, same with wine. So wine has uh, gone way north of where beer is right now. So the wine market is at about 4% organic. So... So 4% of their overall market. And that's a huge number, especially yeah. globally, especially nationally. They, those are those are big numbers. Um, so it's kind of all in one. I mean, it's what the consumer really does want, especially when they start doing research. Yeah. I would guess. Um, so as we're in this new, um, age of information, you can grab it at, you know at uh from anywhere you are um via your phone or wherever as people start getting in into their own research um i i really do think that this is the way it should um this is the way our food should be our food system um our our alcoholic drinks our other drinks everything should be pure and um we actually as a company have to go through a ton of hurdles in order to just be pure. And what's really crazy about our market is and all the other markets is that you don't really have to go through very much to uh, essentially put chemicals in there. But if you're saying that you are not putting chemicals in, well, there's a lot of extra cost for you. So it's oh. it's it's weird, but we're willing to go through it because I, I do think that's where it's going. And yeah. you know, people vote with their dollar. And, um, you know, information is available for uh, the people that are looking for it. So um, at the end of the day, um, the answer to your question, like as far as why organic, I mean, it's good for the environment. It's good for you. The cost from our product isn't um, crazy above uh, what you would pay for a conventional product. And then the taste the taste is when we first did brew with all organic ingredients we had no idea what to expect so i'll be honest with you we just did it and then we're like wow that's amazing and there's other um benefits to to brewing organically where the hops break down inside the can it's a closed environment they break down a lot um uh a lot slower than they would um, because there's no chemicals in there breaking it down, break it, down, yeah. it down, but it's slower, so therefore, you have a uh lar- longer shelf life. Which people are like, that blows their mind, yeah. Like, what that doesn't make sense. I would think it's the opposite, uh, but the taste holds up longer because you're only you only have three ingredients in there. So, I don't know if that, that
0: was a long-winded answer to no, it's fiber. great though, um, it, and it's it's good to know that because those of us that haven't done all the research it's good to know what, you know, what we're drinking or, or what it's doing to the environment out there. So, yeah. you know, hats off to you and your brothers for standing strong and, and making sure that everything you do is, is organic. So Jamie, we had mentioned that you can find organic, your organic beer and seltzer in whole foods in, uh, it's going to be launching in Meijer soon, but where else can the remote our nation find your products? Oh, well, Thank you for
1: asking. Um, So like you said, Whole Foods and launching in Meijer. Also, Target is uh, a place that we'll be able to, uh, that we're in. Um, And then I would like to give some shout outs to some of our smaller local um, uh, chains and um, really supportive uh, from the beginning places, which is uh, Green Grocer in Chicago, Simply Fresh Market in Michigan. Um, Polly's Market um, which is a grocery chain in Michigan a lot of these people have been with us from the beginning so while we have those those big chains um, there's also those those uh, smaller places Fresh Time is uh, another chain that's been with us or has carried our product for a while Um, so um, while also uh, in addition while while sitting here um, we just got our first order for New York City. So I'm glad to be able to be on your podcast. And that's no joke while we've been doing this. Uh, we got our first order from our distributor um, in New York City. And, and we're really excited about that. So that's another place that they'll be able to uh, find it very soon. I don't know what the specific uh, stores it'll be in in New York City, but my guess is that it'll be there in, in May so um,
0: or for summer let's say that's awesome um,
1: yeah
0: um you know one last one last quick question a fun question here so uh when you when you're working when you're getting your work done i'm I'm curious what kind of do you listen to music or do you like silence uh, that's a good question um but uh work is silence okay which um, has got to be tough with a lot of kids running around yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah.
1: Silence is, is tough to come by, but um, I do love, but I do bring my speaker everywhere I go um when I'm not working. So definitely music um when work is over. What's so your music of choice? Do, what's my my music of choice? Well, what's crazy is everything that's been happening in the last uh couple of years, uh, I've somehow I've ended up in country. And I don't know why. Um, I mean, I lived in Chicago forever. Um, I lived in Michigan forever. Um, this, I don't, I don't know one. I mean, it's it's
0: just something I, I went to, but um, that's my musical choice. What's your musical choice? You know, it's I, I actually have an episode on this. Uh, oh yeah, one of my first episodes, and I've asked a lot of the guests the same question. But you know, I listen to everything all across the board, and uh, but it starts off in the morning. Usually, my routine is. I'm listening to something uh, a little heavier, some metal, some punk, some, you know, some something fast-paced in the morning as I'm trying to plan my routine, get my day planned, drink my coffee, and then once I start to get into work, it usually switches to like classical or or just some chill beats or something like that that I can kind of focus on. Um, I have a hard time in silence because then my mind starts to wonder, so the music helps me to kind of uh rein in my thoughts and, and let me uh kind of have a or more focused approach, which that's why it's interesting to hear other entrepreneurs point on on music and what they listen to because some like silence and some like music. And so, you know, I know music is uh is a big part of all our lives. So it's it's fun to hear what uh what other yeah. entrepreneurs are doing out there. So well it hasn't been the same since, you know, day one. I mean, I, I've definitely changed
1: what I, I listen to, but so in
0: reason. so in Florida as you're as you're cruising around uh on your uh in your house down there what it what it's it's country western by choice huh It is I don't know that's that was, I mean it could be cuz I'm in the south who knows Yeah but. Oh we listen. listen the the RV life we've my daughter introduced us to some some country singers that we didn't know before and uh country's taken over a lot of our music play while we uh are driving so I feel you, man. Yeah, well, cool. we're just not seeing eye to eye. You feel me? We're just not seeing eye to eye yet. Yeah. I'll get
1: into some heavy death metal. There you go. I got some. good I'll ones try to it tomorrow. I'll try it tomorrow. Well, we did a workout together, and I'll maybe I'll see what my um, what maybe I'll see what my uh, time looks like in my workout tomorrow uh, with death metal as opposed to go. silence.
0: Keep me posted.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let, I let me know
0: if you're able to hit those higher numbers.
1: Yeah, I will. Well. Yeah, uh, we'll just leave that up the other part out. I will let you know if I hit, hit, beat your numbers.
0: Yeah, right. I'm still sore from our workout. Well, you heard it here first. Remote Start Nation, New York City. Jamie Legro, Organic Beer growing fast, coming to you from all over the place. But Jamie, if, we, if it's not in a market that our consumers, our listeners are in now, uh, where can they find you? How can they follow you? I'd imagine on social, you're going to be putting a lot of updates on, on where to go, where to get your product. So where can they go to find you?
1: I think go to legrowbeer.com and our handle is at legrowbeer. So um, for our social. So
0: awesome. uh, Yeah. Well, congrats again, Jamie. I'm super excited to see you continue to grow you and your brothers. I'm fortunate enough to have worked with you personally and, and, consider you a good friend. So thank you again for taking the time and not only just sharing us, uh, sharing with us your entrepreneurial experience, but your journey. And hopefully the Remote Start Nation took as much value out of our conversation as I did listening to you. So thank you again. And I hope you have an awesome day, man. Thank you,
1: Jim. And I look forward to our branding uh, coming out very soon. So um,
0: thank you very much. Awesome. Stay tuned. And Remote Start Nation, with that, go start something. Have an awesome day, and awesome week, and we'll see you soon. Well, Remote Start Nation, we have come to the end of another episode. This episode was brought to you by our sponsor, Woodward Movement, your go-to for brand identity, branded merchandise, and brand delivery. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head on over to remotestartpodcast.com or our social channels, to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free resources to help you on your journey. And as always, please don't forget to share the Remote Start podcast with your friends and colleagues you think would enjoy being part of the Remote Start nation. Until next time.